Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. All right, well, as I said, uh, we're doing the Songs of Summer series and every uh, every summer has a song. I mean, driving down to Adelaide, it's, it's a long journey. It's, it's 13 plus hours driving down. And I, I found out that my song of summer for this particular time was JB. Justin Bieber was playing in my car over and over and over. And so I'm sorry. <laughs> I've learned to just, this summer it's JB. I, I, it was forced upon me, but uh, JB is a song... You know, in terms of the psalm that we're going to look at this morning, I want you to turn with me to Psalm 103. And we're going to, you're going to be inspired this morning. I hope you trust and believe that. Because I was inspired as I just kind of got into the psalm and as I'm just allowing it to speak into me, man, I was fired up by the end of it. And so if I was fired up, I know you're going to be so excited. And if you're not excited, you need to turn to the person next to me and say, I'm not excited right now, but I know I'm going to get excited. (laughs) Turn to that person quickly, quickly. That person that looks like they're bored, they're sitting, oh. They're like, oh, I wish this guy would hurry up. He's got a weird accent. Psalm 103. All right. And uh, this psalm is going to set you up for 2016. 2016, find your way. Who wants to find their way in 2016? Man, we, yesterday we, did, uh, we went to a place called the Escape Room. Has anyone been to the escape room in Rundle Mall or heard of it? Okay, it's obviously the best kept secret in Adelaide. Right, they're going to be inundated after this. But basically, this is what you do. You pay people money to lock you in a room so you can find your way out. That's what we did for fun yesterday. It was great. But, um, and, and then you spent an hour and it was great. And we won't tell you who won because I'm still disputing. I'm still disputing the outcome. Yes, yeah. We, we had a Miss, uh, a Miss Universe moment where they declared the winner, which was me and my team. And then the guy turned around five seconds later and says, oh no, sorry, I made a mistake. It was actually the other team. What's with that? Just because I'm from Canberra, isn't it? Anyway, it's good to find your directions. The whole aim of it was trying to find directions, clues. Look at the clues to find your way out of what seems like a locked, closed room. And that's what life is about. There's many clues that God has given us in His Word that are clues to actually help us find our way to the freedom that He actually wants us to have. And so you don't have to stay locked up and bound up in 2016. The 2016 can be a place where you can find the freedom that Jesus purchased for you on the cross. And so we're gonna pick it up in verse one. It says, praise the Lord, my soul. All my innermost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all of your sins and heals all of your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pits and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I love that verse. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I love that verse. It's mine. (laughs) The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will He harbour His anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. 
or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows that we are formed, he remembers that we are dust. Let's go down to verse 17. It says, but from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. And his righteousness with their children's children. With those who keep his covenant, remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you His angels. Tony was talking about that this morning, about how creation will shout out if we don't. Praise the Lord, O you angels, you mighty ones who do His bidding, who obey His word. Praise the Lord, all His heavenly hosts, you His servants who do His will. That's you, you guys, you who do His will. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, all His work, everywhere in His dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord, all my soul, all my innermost being, praise His holy name. I don't know about you, but there's sometimes that I feel like I've got to speak to my soul. I don't know about you, but sometimes life throws things our way that just kind of tend to contaminate a little bit and cause a little bit of grime. And and it's almost like you've got to detox a little bit. It's almost like you've got to get some stuff out because life can sometimes poison you. Does anyone ever feel like that? Sometimes in just a hurly-burly of living and doing life with people, sometimes we just need to speak to our soul. And, and I love this because David, who we know, went through many different things and he had seasons of incredible favour and blessing and he had seasons of incredible difficulty. He had seasons of personal failure and personal success. And yet here he is discovering, giving us a clue as to how do you live this kind of successful life. He says, Speaks to his soul, not to someone else. He speaks to his soul, to himself. I wanna say, if you wanna go into 2016 and make it the year that you desire it to be and that God desires it to be, stop talking to other people and start talking to your soul first. Too many of us are whinging and complaining to other people about what's not going right in our lives. And I wanna say, before you do any kind of complaining, start talking to your soul and commanding your soul to praise the Lord. Because I know when I do that, and sometimes, let me tell you, being a pastor sometimes can suck. Sorry, are you allowed to say that word in Adelaide? Is that okay? In Canberra, we're allowed to say that word. They say many worse words in Canberra. In Parliament. But sometimes, you know, I mean, I love what I do, and I've been doing it for a long time. I wouldn't change it for the world, but some days, some days, some days, some days, You're dealing with people, situations, things. People are making comments about things they don't understand. Things they don't even need to know anything about, but they've all got opinions. Questioning this, questioning that. And on those days, when I'm thinking, why am I a pastor? Sometimes I've got to speak to my soul. I've got to command my soul to actually say, hey, praise the Lord, oh my soul. Praise the Lord, all of my innermost being. Everything that's inside of me, praise His holy name. You know, you also have bad days. God doesn't promise at the moment you become a Christian that supernaturally every single day of your life is gonna be good. Because Jesus Himself said, in this world you will have troubles. 
But he also went on to say this. He says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And so he's saying, command, speak to your soul. 2016, no matter what last year was like, in 2016, let's start out by commanding our soul and commanding our soul to say this, praise the Lord, oh my soul. All of my innermost being, every innermost part of me. Here's the thing with this though, is that you don't always feel like doing that. There's been some days on those bad days that I occasionally would have I have to be honest, I haven't necessarily felt like wanting to praise His name. But I'm thankful that I've learned the value of deciding and choosing to praise His name despite my feeling. And as I step up above my feeling and as I just begin to praise His name, all of a sudden it's amazing how those feelings get put into perspective. All of a sudden, that feeling that was dominating and trying to override everything that I do, all of a sudden becomes smaller and less significant. And now I'm beginning to see the God who is, who was, and who is to come. This magnificent King who is above all, who has redeemed me, saved me, who has done this incredible thing in my life, who took me from the pit, who's given me this incredible future. I see that. David says, praise the Lord, all my soul. All of my innermost being, praise His name. Breakthrough is often first a decision before it's a feeling. You want breakthrough for 2016? Decide for breakthrough. (laughs) Decide that you're gonna do something. Here's the thing is most people, and we know many people make New Year's resolutions, but Nielsen, the, the research company, have done studies on this apparently. And they say that of all the people that make New Year's resolution, 80% of us break them within the first few weeks. Here's the thing is that we start out the new year and we say, yes, I want a new year, I'm gonna do new things. But here's the thing that I've learned is that you can have an idea, but without an action, it's just gonna be an idea. And ideas are easy to let go of. But when an idea is translated into an action that actually works its way out into your life and changes, that's when you become part of the 20% and not part of the 80%. And so I want you this morning to take what the Word has to say, to command your soul and say, I'm not just gonna be a words person, I'm gonna be an action person. I'm gonna be someone who's actually gonna translate this into something meaningful in my life. Praise the Lord, all my soul. And he goes on to say this, In verse two, he says, praise the Lord, oh my soul. And I love this. And he says, forget not all his benefits. If you were to give a title to my message, if you're one of those people who likes a title, put this. And that's not all. And that's not all. Because I don't know if you've seen those TV commercials when you turn on the telly. I know some of you are addicted to them. I'm praying that 2016 will be the year that you're set free. We turn on the telly and the guys sit and sell us all these products and everything. And then they, the famous line is, and that's not all. <laughs> and they go on to tell you some more benefits. And that's not all. And that's not all. And that's not all. And this psalm is a, and that's not all kind of psalm. Because we're going to look this morning at all these incredible benefits that we have from being in Christ. I'm hoping that in 2016, at right at the outset, you're going to remember all the incredible benefits that you have in Jesus. That word benefit literally means to have an advantage. It means to profit, to gain an advantage or to profit from something. Do you know that because of Jesus, you have gained an advantage? 
Because of Jesus, you have profited. The opposite is also true. Without Jesus, you are disadvantaged. That's exactly how you're disadvantaged. You are not profiting without Jesus. If you're not keeping Him at the centre of your world, of your life, you are not advantaging yourself. In fact, you are disadvantaging yourself. There are these incredible benefits that we have because of Christ. When you make Him the centre, He does all these amazing things that we're going to have a look at this morning. You know, when you choose health insurance, you look at all the benefits. You kind of know about you, but we, we, we look at health insurance and they've got these websites that you pull up and they give you all the various insurance uh, providers and they kind of say, these are all the benefits. And they, rup, 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 and I don't look, you know, you get some, they've got all these, you know, acupuncture and I'm just like, oh, I'm not bothered about that and just that, that's not my thing. And, and, and so I move on from that, not interested. I want to look for optical benefits. That's our family. Our family has optical benefits. That's what we're prioritizing because three out of the five of us wear glasses. And there's a fourth member that we're trying to convince that they actually needs glasses, but they're still in a journey. <laughs> but like Tony and multifocals, and it's a bit of a journey that we're on. We'll get there. But you look at all the benefits. You, you, you consider all the benefits and you weigh up what, in, what policy you're going to have based on what, based on the benefits. You don't weigh it up necessarily based on what you don't have. You're not looking at it. They don't put up websites comparing what you don't have. They put up websites comparing what they do have. And then they say, make your decision based on what you need and what's required and what's going to keep you in good health. And, and, and I'm absolutely convinced that Jesus doesn't only stack up against everyone else, but He blows all the competition off the park. There's nothing else out there. There's no person, there's no guy, there's no girl, there's no career. There's nothing that can compare with the benefits that we get in Christ. And if you wanna go into 2016 and making it an awesome year, make Him the centre. Understand, forget not all His benefits. Command your soul, praise the Lord, O my soul, all of my innermost being, and forget not all His benefits. You know, recently I went to the dentist. How many of you love the dentist? Kath was the only one last night when we did a little survey. She went, I love the dentist. I said, crazy lady. But if you're a dentist here, God bless you. We thank you for you. But uh, I think I blame years and years of orthodontic treatment. And when I was young, I was one of those poor kids, Tony, that, that had, I had headgear. And it was the headgear that wasn't like it is now where it's all subtle and hidden. I had the, the like scrum cap that went over your head and kind of pulled your teeth. And then my parents were so, so nasty that they sent me to school wearing that thing. I'm surprised I'm as healthy as I am today. I went to school, I had this thing and I was just like pulling and I was, so I blame my kind of thing on the dentist on that. It's bad. But anyway, so I go to the dentist. Guess how long it's been since I've been to the dentist? Five years. Don't judge me. Some of you are in that place right now. Some of you are worse than that right now. Been five years because I'm like, yeah, I don't need to go to the dentist. I take care, I floss, I clean, I do all the kind of stuff I'm supposed to do. I goggle. So I go to the dentist and I'm sitting here, the whole family, got a whole family thing. So off we go and, 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 and one goes in, one comes out, nothing. Daniel goes and we think Daniel definitely is gonna have problems, man. He's been living on his own, his diet and he comes out, he's like, oh, dad, I've got nothing. I'm just like, what? Next one goes in, Nathan goes in, he comes out, oh, dad, I've got nothing. What? Beth goes in, she comes out, oh, dad, I've got nothing. 
<laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, this is going to be good for me. So in I go, I go in. She says to me, she says to me down and says, uh, yeah, it's been a while since you've been to the dentist. So I'm like, uh, you know, t- trying, to, trying to come up with some kind of rational excuse. There is no excuse. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, just like, uh, and she's like, I've heard it all before. Anyway, so she says to me, she says, oh, sir, just uh, here's the x-ray, because now they show you all the x-rays and they show you everything and they just put it right there, right, they put the evidence right in front of your face. Because she says, uh, you need four fillings and you've got a cracked tooth, so you need a cap. I'm just like, but everyone else just walked out of here needing nothing. And I need four fillings and a cap. Well, what's the go with that? Anyway, so, and then she takes me outside and she does a really bad but She says, I'm just gonna give you a quote. Oh, no. And she goes down and she gives you a, a treatment plan and on the bottom is the how much is actually gonna cost you. And she says, I'll tell you what, you just gotta phone your, phone your insurance provider and find out how much they're actually gonna cover. And so I contact our insurance provider and Jill did it during the week and she contacted said, how much are they, are they gonna do? And we found out that it, it, there's a big portion that we've gotta cover. <laughs> and here's the thing, I'm so glad that I had the benefits because they're covering some things. But here's the thing that I realised. I realised that because I didn't actually apply those benefits every year during those five years, I've ended up costing myself more than if I'd just done the preventative stuff every year and exercised the benefits every year and gone for my checkups and had my teeth cleaned and done all the various things. It's cost me a whole lot more in the long run because I forgot the benefits. I forgot the benefits. And therefore, it's now costing me something. Christian life can be like that sometimes. We grow up in church, we go to church Sunday by Sunday and we do various things. And if we're honest, we've forgotten the benefits. We've forgotten the benefits. We're focusing on the wrong stuff. Oh, I want a lolly, I want this, I want that. And we think, oh, there's no price. And you forgot to apply the benefit last year, last month, last week. And as you do that, that's when there's no cost. There's just gain. But I've learned the hard way by not taking care of my teeth that actually now I've got a whole lot of financial costs that I have to pay. The Bible's David says, forget not the benefits. Don't forget what is to your advantage. Don't forget what is to your profit. And then he goes on to say this, and I, I love this text because David kind of really gets into this thing and it's almost like he's commanding his soul. He's saying, you naughty soul. He's probably saying stronger than that. He's probably saying, you wicked, evil, naughty, sinful soul. And he's kind of saying, man, you've got so distracted with the wrong things. You're missing the benefits. He says, I wanna commend you soul. Stop praising the Lord. You innermost being, he says, stop praising the Lord. And I'm gonna remind you of what the benefits are. And then David now in the rest of the psalm goes on to speak about some of these incredible benefits and you're gonna be blown away by this. And here I said, Jesus, when you compare him with anything else, nothing else stacks up. And so what he starts out by saying here in verse three, he says, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins. Who forgives all of your sins. You know, being the great theologian that I am, I know that all means all. All means everything. There's not one single sin that God doesn't forgive. And yet some of us are walking into life and walking into 2016, it's like we're dragging our sin behind us. 
Is that we're walking in lame and disfigured and we're kind of going into 2016 dragging, dragging in the sin. And yet the benefit of Jesus is, this is the good news of the gospel, is that Jesus forgives us all of our sin. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful. As a sinner who found a saviour, that he forgets all my sin. He forgives all my sin. And, and, and what I love about this is that he, he chooses to do it. It's not like God doesn't have a memory and he just kind of says, oh, I just had a bad day. I just forget, forget everything. No, he chooses to forget. He's chosen to forget everything that you've done. Everything that you've considered the thing that separates you from God. Jesus says, I forgive you. That's why I went to the cross for you. He says, I forgive you everything. So why are we dragging this stuff around with us? Why are we keep on putting Jesus back on the cross? And, G- and David gets even more specific in this. If you jump forward a bit to chapter, uh, verse 10, and then we'll come back again. Because in verse 10, he kind of clarifies a little bit more about this thing of sin and what he does. He says, who forgives all your sin in verse three, but in verse 10, he goes on to say this. He says, who does not treat us as our sins deserve. I don't know about you, if you were to take a moment, just reflect on perhaps some of the things that you've done. Not to glorify sin, but to think about the incredible forgiving work of Jesus. I think there's times when for us to just pause and just think about this amazing redemptive work of Christ of what he's actually done for me, of what he's done for you, of where I was and where I am now. Some of us are more interested in in thinking what others think. I say, man, I wanna be in 2016, I wanna be more interested in what Jesus thinks. I wanna see myself the way he sees me. I wanna see with his eyes. I don't want my, my identity to be tied up in who likes me, who doesn't like me, who's for me, who's not for me. I want my identity to be tied up in how Jesus sees me. Who forgives all of your sins and doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. He goes on to say in verse 11, he says his love for us is as high as the heavens are above the earth. We went to Kennedy Space Center last year. We had the privilege of doing a trip in America on holidays. And, and so we went to Kennedy Space Center and uh, just an amazing place. And, and as you, everything's about space and everything's about all the kind of stuff that they're doing. doing. And, and as you sit there, you realize that the parameters of space are just beyond comprehension. They just keep on talking about as far as we know, as far as we've discovered, as far as we're aware, our projections are, and they're kind of talking about all these things. There's there's all these aspects of the heavens that they haven't even discovered yet. And what does the Word of God says? God's Word says His love for us is as high as the heavens are above the earth. Come on. 2016, let it be a year where His love fills you, touches you, transforms you like never before. Let it be a year where you discover truly the incredible depths, breadths, heights of His love. Let this be a year where you would know truly what the love of a heavenly Father is. No matter what absence of love there's been in your life, the reality is that Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. Jesus wants you to live in the freedom of that love as well. His love for you is beyond measure. 2016, let it be a year where you're set free 
in His love. It goes on to say in verse 8, it says, He's compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Man, there's so much love that God wants to pour out in your life. If you're feeling loveless, you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling kind of like, man, if only I had that guy, if only I had that girl, don't start there. Don't start there. Start with the love that Jesus wants to pour out inside of you. Because maybe the thing that's hindering you from finding that girl and finding that guy is the fact, you know what? There's a bunch of insecurity in you that needs to be settled. Your soul was created to worship Him. You were created in His image. You were created to, to find your identity in Him. And when you find that, all of a sudden you're attractive. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, people's eyes, ooh, hadn't noticed him. Because you're on fire. You've discovered the love of the Father. But if you're trying to hook up with people and just do various things and just out of that insecurity place that, oh man, I've been in ministry a long time, that always leads to disaster. More often than not. Or it gives us a lot of work <laughs> trying to help you. And I think if we just started with this thing of knowing his love. That would be amazing. He goes on to say in verse 12, Speaking about sin, and I love this. He says he removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. So far has he removed our transgressions from us. You can't get further than that. Whatever you did last year, whatever you did last week, when you come to Jesus in true repentance, when you hand that over to him, when you bow before his throne, you say, Jesus, I, I don't deserve this, but I, 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 I just say I'm sorry and I just give it to you. What I've discovered in 30 years of being a Christian is, is that he's always faithful to forgive us our sins. And he doesn't just cover them over, he removes them. As far as the east is from the west. That means no more guilt. No more condemnation. It isn't just like a, a quick little, oh yeah, yeah, no, no, that's fine. He says, no, no, I'm dealing with it. <laughs> I'm dealing with the root of it. So if you truly entrust yourself to me, he says, we can beat this. We can deal with this. You don't have to be that broken, hurting, sinful person anymore. Your future doesn't have to be determined by your past. He says, I don't remember you according to your sins, but according to my unfailing love is how I remember you. He doesn't wanna look at you through the eyes of your sin. So why are we doing that? Let's, let's come to the foot of the cross. Let's throw ourselves before Him. Let's remember the benefits. That's not all. <laughs> There's so much more. And He says, I'm gonna remove your sin as far as the east is from the west. Where we see pain, He sees healing. Where we see guilt, He sees freedom. Where we see heartache, He sees joy. When Jesus forgave the lame man his sin, He was healed. But he was warned to not simply go back and keep on doing what he'd always done. He says, go back and do something different. And I think often that's the thing that we kind of, we receive the forgiveness of Jesus and then we go back and keep on doing the very same things we were doing. 2016, if you want 2016 to be that kind of year, that awesome year, then I'm saying, let's understand Jesus removes our sins as far as the east and the west, but let's not just keep on going back every time he forgives us back to the same old things. Change your habits. 
Change what it is that you're doing. Do something different. If you don't know how, get around some leaders who can help you with that kind of stuff. That's why the church is so important. Just doing life together. In verse 13, he says, as a father has compassion on us, as a father, he has compassion on us, his children. You know, as a dad, I, I, I know what it is to feel for my kids. We're speaking about the benefits that God has given us because of Jesus. And this year, this last year, 2015, I, my daughter got married in April and uh, just wonderful time and just incredible thing. Just, but, you know, and then Dan ended up coming down to Adelaide and it was a space of just a matter of weeks. Our family went from being a family of five to a family of three. And I want to tell you that that's quite an adjustment. No matter how much you talk about it, just kind of like your hearts and just all of that kind of thing is just trying to, it's a bit confused and it's up and down and you're not quite sure where you're thinking, what you're feeling. Some of you know what that's about because you've lived that yourself. And so, and I, I, you know, there's nothing more than as a dad when I, I get excited when my kids are doing well and when they fall, my heart's broken for them and I, I wanna help them and encourage them. But if that's how I feel for my natural kids, how much more does our heavenly Father feel for us? How much more if that's what I've experienced and the, and, the, and the highs and the lows of that and the compassion, it says, as a father, he has compassion on us, his children. He loves you more than you realize. And He's there for you when you fall. Go into this year knowing how much Jesus is for you. Don't be thinking of yourself at the back of the line as though Jesus doesn't notice you and He's got no idea who you are and what your name is. He knows who you are. He has compassion on you. He is for you. He is committed to you becoming all that He's purposed for you to become. So start putting yourself at the front of the line and just living in the fullness of what that love is. He's a compassionate, loving, gracious Father. He goes on to say in, Verse three, who heals all your diseases. He heals all your diseases. We've already had so much benefit that we've spoken about this morning. And that's not all. He heals all your diseases. I don't know how many of you have felt like you've ended 2015 with some kind of sickness. Maybe it's not physical sickness, maybe it is, but maybe it's a sickness of the heart. Sickness of the spirit. Maybe there's been various kind of things. Maybe there's been mental health issues, whatever it might be that you've been battling with. What I love about the benefits of Jesus. And David's saying, praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord, my innermost being, and forget not all his benefits. And he says, benefit that you need to remember is he is the one who heals. Yeah. He's the healer. Yeah. He's the healer. There's nothing beyond His healing touch. Jesus is the healer and He can heal all of our diseases. Some of you might say, but Matt, you don't know my pain. You don't know my hurt. You don't know what I've been through. And that's true. I don't necessarily know your pain and your hurt and what has you been through. But what I do know is that Jesus does know and He is still your healer. <laughs> so let's stop talking to everyone else and trying to find the healing from others and the counsel of others. And let's go first and foremost to the healer yeah. and find the healing that the healer can bring. Remember, forget, command your soul. You may not feel like it, but you've got to command your soul to say, actually, Jesus is my healer. Yeah. 
It's not that person. It's not that friend. It's Jesus. He's the one that's gonna enable me to heal the way that I need to heal. Verse four, he says here, that's not all. Just when you thought there were enough benefits, he says, that's not all. He goes on to say this, who redeems your life from the pit. I, I, I don't know about you, but a pit's a place that you don't wanna be. A pit's a place that's hard to get out of when you're in it. And sometimes life can seem like a pit. Sometimes you feel like you're just in it. And what I love here, it says he redeems our life. He's in the pit overcoming business. You didn't even know there was such a thing. There's a pit overcoming business. That's the business Jesus is in. Think of Joseph. Joseph found himself in a pit. In fact, he was thrown there by his brothers. <laughs> the very ones that were supposed to love him threw him in the pit. He's sitting in the pit. He's thinking, oh, what, what? God's spoken all these plans and purposes of my life. Now I'm in a pit. But what I love about the story of Joseph is that God doesn't leave him in the pit. He brings along somebody and, 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 and they get sold into slavery and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and you, at the time, he's probably thinking, I'm going to slavery. How's that better? And yet we know the end of the story is that he's over the nation. And, and he's now ministering back to the very ones that actually threw him in the pit. See, Jesus is in the pit overcoming business. He loves to take us out of the pit. He loves to redeem us from the pits. He loves to do that. And, and, and let 2016 be your redemption year. Let it be the year where you make a comeback. Let 2016 be the year where you say, I'm not gonna stay in the pit anymore. I'm actually gonna allow Jesus to reach down and take me out of the pits. And I'm actually gonna make 2016 my comeback year. This is gonna be the year that I'm gonna start counting like I haven't counted in years. This is gonna be the time that I'm gonna start trusting Jesus like I haven't trusted Jesus in years. This is the year where I'm gonna get out of the pits of self-doubt and worry and hurt and confusion and all that stuff. And I'm gonna allow Jesus to redeem me from the pits. Allow 2016 to be that kind of year, your redemption year. It says in the second part of verse four, who crowns you with love and compassion. There's nothing worse than a loveless existence. But here's the thing, he said, and didn't just create us just for, to look for that in human relationships. But he created us ultimately to look for that love relationship with him. He crowns your life with love and compassion. I believe there's a coronation that Jesus wants to do this year. I believe there's people here this morning that he wants to put a crown on your head, a crown of compassion. A crown of love. And you may be hurting, you may be broken, you may be messed up, you may be in trouble, you may be in debt, you may be despondent, you may be without hope, you may feel purposeless, you may be depressed, you may be battling anxiety. Jesus this morning wants to come and put on your head a crown of love and compassion. He wants you to understand that you're royalty in His eyes. Not because of anything you've done. Not even because of who you are. But because of what He's done. The Prince of Peace. The King of Kings. 
He says in verse five, he satisfies your desires with good things. Don't you love the fact that we serve a good God? John Piper says this, he says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. Where are you finding your satisfaction? Where are you finding your satisfaction for 2016? Find your satisfaction in Him and that is when God is most glorified. He says, so that your youth in verse five is renewed like the eagles. Some of us are chasing the holy grail of eternal youth. Spending thousands of dollars, not because of health, but because of insecurity. There's a difference. He renews our youth like the eagle. Say, God, I may have turned 50, but I'm just ramping up. The best is yet to come. I want those years to continue. I don't want retirement to be something where I switch on from God. Hear of everyone just kind of saying, I'm traveling around the country, I'm doing all kinds of things. And it's like they just switch off from God. I'm saying, I want to be like Caleb. When Moses spoke to him and Joshua, Caleb, who was old, stands up and says, man, don't give me the easy stuff. I want the hard country. Give me the hard stuff. I want the the battles. I'm going to fight. I think we need to recapture something in the church of this thing of the older teaching the younger. Some of you have gone on holiday, you older men and women, and you're kind of forgetting the responsibility that you have to disciple the next generation. We need to recapture that in the church and begin to actually say, there's one generation teaching another generation, teaching another generation, teaching another generation. We need heroes of the faith, men and women that the young guys can look to and say, man, I aspire to be like that. But the reality is some of us, the way we're living, they don't aspire to be anything like you. Because it's not inspirational. Let's be a generation that that renews our youth like the eagles. And in verse seven, I'll close with this. He's made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of, of Israel. What I love about God is that he doesn't hide. He doesn't hide. And he's not gonna hide in 2016 if you seek him out. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord, all of my innermost being. And forget not all of His benefits. What's the message I wanna leave with you? That's it. Remember all the benefits of our God. Remember everything that He's done for you. Remember everything that He's given you, the advantage, the profit that He's given you. You make Him the center. You make the adjustments that you need to make. And you'll be amazed at what Jesus will do. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all of His benefits. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 